0: Hey, greetings, Cliff. Thanks for joining us to contribute to A Better Way Forwards, our work on taking the greenwashing out of ESG and impact investing. It's a pleasure to have you here.
1: Delighted, delighted to be joining with you from right across the world.
0: If people don't know about you, they can look you up because the work you guys are all doing is tremendous. So I just want to get straight into it. What's your take on greenwashing and anecdotally or personally and professionally?
1: Yeah, well, the greenwashing is mainly around ESG-framed investments, and that's, what is it now, 36-point-something trillion, Mm. and that has raced up. ESG started off at least 10 years ago, but was small-scale, 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 and then just in the last few years, it's jumped right up. Mm. Uh, Consequences of that. One is that there aren't enough skilled, trained, Talented people to handle all the metrics and and reporting and, and so on. There's a desperate short shortage of people in that field. If you're yeah. thinking of entering that field, now is the time to uh, to sign up for sure. So that's one part of it. Another part of it is that ESG is actually two quite different things. Mm. There's the part of ESG which is risk reduction for the for the investors and the companies mm. that's absolutely fine. There's another Piece that is trying to be about sustainability, maybe even claiming impact, and because those two things are together, it's a right mush. Mm. And uh, and and you know, really, we we need we need two labels for that. Mm. And then you've got uh, a further a further question about the balance between um, burden of regulation and systems, and the point at which you lose credibility. And that is a very narrow line. Mm. You know, if if you're for just as as an example, if you're in in, uh, an ESG investment, going into uh, an emerging economy, Mm. do you really want to have a whole great list of regulatory requirements, um, reporting requirements, you're going to make the Small companies in that emerging economy just have such a big burden. So, you, you know, you can get too much burden of, of regulation. On the other hand, you just flip the needle over a little bit and uh, it's no longer credible. Mm. So, third part is standards. Uh, almost every um, asset management firm, company, etc., has created their own sets of standards that really does lead to uh, lead to a lack of uh, of, of credibility mm. um fortunately we've we've now got the uh, a, a system that's coming along for global harmonized sets of standards that's the uh, international sustainability standards board um it's only just uh, been started um it's going to be a few years before that that comes out fully um but we really do need that single system of standards to get the credibility for uh you know train staff to 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 be able to to, to work towards that that standard it, you just imagine the i don't know if you were uh, if you were building railroads and every railroad company has a diff different gauge so you couldn't take a train from one to another yeah you, it's it, it is it is like that there was that um crazy thing where uh nasa ordered some materials from the uk the uk made them in centimeters and and um nasa had wanted them in inches you know you've got to have single standards Yeah. Uh, so that's that's where i would say on this i i don't i don't want to lose the opportunity of 36 trillion dollars doing things that are at least somewhere towards impact mm. um We don't want to lose that uh through so we want to bolster it we want that credibility we want those standards we want the the staffing and we want the clarity about what kind of esg you're doing
2: Mm.
0: and when you speak about that tremendous growth of the sector or the esg sector from a funding perspective over the last i'd say it only seems like five or so years maybe that um that didn't come along with measurement frameworks or standardization it simply came along is like oh these funds are now this um which is essentially a marketing uh, it's a labeling thing they're now this because of the way they labeled them um and that I think is really the tension with greenwashing it's like how do we with that amount of size like at that scale that scale up is it all really like esg orientated or is it a different label on an existing sector of funds
1: yeah it's a, bit, a lot of people talk of talk a bit about a, a framework mm. um you know you're you 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 have got esg framed investments mm. rather than say it is esg but as, as i say you know th- there's there's this big difference between um reducing the uh, uh risks for your investment in the companies that you're you're invested in mm. versus trying to do something positive and we have we have to make that separation. They are completely different things, and it's it again it it uh, it creates the uh, the credibility. Mm.
0: And my hope with this work we're putting together is really as we get into ESG and look at like single and double materiality. And I heard somebody even talking about triple materiality and first and second and third stage emissions when we're looking at it, um, carbon footprints of economies and things like that. There's so many. I just implore the people watching this who are going out and creating this material to really get into what do you mean by the thing you say? Because at least for that as a starting point, it's going to allow somebody who's looking at your material to pin it to the wall and go, okay, well, that's what they're talking about rather than just headlining stuff and carrying on. Um, so it brings me to my next question, which is what is your experience about the gap between funds wanting to contribute to business projects that are seen as environmentally and socially beneficial or impact, if you will? and the people that are creating those projects and requiring capital
1: yeah so almost everybody talks about a mismatch between um you know and depending which which side you're on Mm. if you're an investor you say there's just not enough um material to invest in uh and if you're if you're a you know a, a company um there's just not enough investment i mean this is you know this is this is not unusual yeah you know investors are very choosy Hmm. Who they invest in, and companies are very um, are very desperate for uh, you know for for uh, for investment. The majority of certainly for SME funds um, develop without uh, inward investment. They develop through their own uh, profits and reinvesting their own profits, yeah. and so if you if you think of the, the the commercial world rather than the the impact world, mm. that is the norm. That is the norm. We sort of you know when when we when the impact movement started, there was this sort of view that somehow magically, you know, every investor could find the right um yeah. companies and it's good find the right investors. Of course not. That's why would it be different to the commercial side? So. However, um, there is there are some some particular areas because you're you're not just uh, looking at risk and return you're looking at risk return and impact so you've got you've got three categories that you're you're going through mm. uh, to make your choices um, you're very often going into new fields of work and some investors love that uh, but most investors like other people to do somebody to do it first and then if it works they'll they'll pile in yeah. Uh, and then of course you've got uh, you've got the uh, investment which is deliberately into um emerging economies where then you've you've got the risk on the on the in- investment the risk on the country the risk because you're doing something new mm. and in those fields you're almost certainly going to need some kind of blended capital whether whether that's you know uh, uh, Palling up with a dfi a development finance institute or with philanthropy or with government mm. uh, support you look at what's happening in in indonesia right now with with uh, the g20 b20 uh, discussions it's all about blended finance and mm. where can you get that subsidy for investors to be able to take bigger risks yeah genuinely
0: and it speaks to that axiom of progress not perfection I mean, anybody who's looking for the perfect solution, even I imagine as we like, we need to develop canon of these measurement frameworks. Like, how have you seen you, you get what you measure? What did we measure over the next two to three years? Did it work? Do we need to change the measurement systems? And we're only at the sort of the foundational moment of having an international standard for it through the ISSB. So it's, yeah, it's just such a, it's a fascinating time, really.
1: It is um, a fascinating time. Yeah. I mean, we're... It's a fascinating time where you know big changes are happening. Um you know, we've got the one point a bit trillion dollars uh, of, of, of impact, but we've also got two and a half trillion of sustainability-linked bonds and loans.
2: Mm. And that's
1: come out of almost nowhere, very, very rapidly. Mm. Obviously, uh, bond issuance you could you can get much bigger scale. Mm. But um, but you know that's 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 a really interesting move. On the other hand um impact is just about to step into its first global recession mm. we are going into a global recession we are going into a global inflation era um the impact movement hasn't had any of those before because you know the last big recession 2008 impact was a tiny little field mm. uh, so we've got a lot to learn out of this. Mm. Traditionally, uh, if you're, you know, if you're heading into a recession, um, you know, things like bonds are, are, are very difficult. But uh, innovation is that's that's where you you get the new new ideas. Mm. And um, so, yeah, if, if if I was if I was uh, outside of the the GSG and just an indiv- individual investor, I think I would be going for tech right now. But. Mm. Hey, uh, everybody would, would have their own own views on this. But it's, it is really important for us to uh, be able to un- understand how recessions and, and uh, inflation eras are going to affect um, impact. Mm. I mean, there are some other big, big changes. Um, you know, people used to be quite distinct between I'm a climate investor, I'm mm. a social investor. Yes. And I think what's happened over the last few years particularly this last year of you know one catastrophe environmental catastrophe after another after another after another in australia you've had plenty of them mm. uh, you, you you can't separate anymore yeah because these catastrophes hit people right now mm. uh, and yeah that that combination of um uh, of social and environmental is another thing i would i would see we're going to see changes for and that's you know, capital is going to want to buy into that. It's going yeah. to have to
0: buy. I've been noticing as you've been talking, thinking, or oh, what's coming up for me is that will people stick to their their mandates for positive social outcomes and positive environmental outcomes when faced with a hard recession? Will you know? Will that stay there? Will the impact on top of the the commercial outcomes stay the course?"
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a question about that, or but equally you know, for example, well, let's, let's take oil and gas. So quite a lot of ESG framed funds are giving up the ESG, uh, model, mm. um, because that, you know, you can make a big profit out of oil and gas right now Yeah. on the other hand. Um, if you're a, uh, climate and social, um, uh, oriented in, investor, um, Renewables are way cheaper than oil and gas now. So, what a great opportunity to uh, to invest heavily at this point. Yeah. So, you know, there there will be different takes as as there always are. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's 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 the nature of of the of the investment field and the investment impact field now that we're uh, big enough and diverse in, in, enough uh, to to have both you know positive things happening and some mm-hmm. negative things happening.
0: Mm. And when, for instance, in the UK, I feel like the Green New Deal is essentially a framework for where a tremendous amount of money is going to be invested or aligned with. To me, that paints a picture that investors can get behind or organisations can get behind to do co-financing and things like that.
1: Uh, that that can happen. It requires a, um, a credible consistency of uh, of public uh priorities Mm -hmm. and just at the moment the uk has not been that good on uh on on that um consistency piece Mm -hmm. but many other countries are and 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 i think you know what what's happened with the russian invasion of of ukraine and the consequence on food and fuel and fertilizer and etc 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 um is that people are thinking you know how how do we get uh energy um self-sufficiency mm. uh one of the quickest ways to do that is is through renewables and um you know if okay the uk has to sort itself out but um you know there are plenty of other countries where uh people know exactly now mm. uh, that can't rely on oil and gas coming from countries which um which are not safe to, to rely on mm. And so I think that's, that's a positive.
2: Mm.
0: So. And for those interested in taking impact investing measurements seriously, um, what would you tell them about the GSG? You know, what's the scale of the work you do?
1: So uh, GSG um, really does uh, two things. One is uh, a country network, so 35 countries with national advisory boards for impact investing. Another twenty-five that are coming along, um, including some of your near neighbours uh, in uh, in Southeast Asia. Um, big drive there. Um, hugely important uh, part of the world. Uh, so that's that's one part of it. And you know those those national advisory boards. We, we, we have a structure that we offer up, but every country has its own opportunities, its own priorities, its own um, you know things that it can't do uh, and that diversity is actually a huge virtue because we we offer out a great amount of of knowledge sharing. So, you know, you may be in Israel with a with a problem, but you know, perhaps it's Colombia that's had that problem and solved it previously. So that that kind of uh, uh, approach is is really important. The other side of of what we do is uh, policy and advocacy yeah. with. That uh, International Sustainability Standards Board with uh, impact transparency, with engagement with the G7, with the G20 in oh, just two weeks' time. Um, so, uh, and, and trying to get uh, impact and impact thinking into these you know, big centers of, of, uh, of decision making globally.
0: So, just one question in closing What's something you've changed your mind about recently in your role as the CEO? Of the GSG.
1: What a great question! What a great question. I think I've, I think I've moved from being purist to being now. Mm. Um, you know, and I, actually, it was it, it came from one person, from Elias Masilela from uh, from South Africa. Mm. Uh, we were in the middle of a quite complex dis- discussion, and Elias he can he can channel his inner Nelson Mandela. Mm. Mandela you know, very very clear. Slow, confident uh, discussion, and he said, "You know, I would rather have—I would rather have investment with a bit of greenwashing than mm. no investment at all." I have people who need lives, and you just think, okay, you know, we do, we can't be purist. We have to—we have to achieve enormous amounts. We've only got this one trillion mm. out of what is it, one hundred and twenty trillion of listed assets we have to use that where it's most uh useful and then yeah esg is not perfect but let's let's take the best out of it
2: Mm. thank you so much
1: thank you thank you philip